Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jeremy Harbour. Jeremy, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Let's do it. Excellent. Let, let's do this. Jeremy is the founder of Unity Group. It's a firm specializing in buying and selling businesses. I'm excited to have you on. Jeremy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, there we go. So, well, personal life. So, well, I live in Singapore. I'm actually kind of torn between three countries. So we have a, our main kind of residence is Singapore, but we also spend quite a bit of time in, in a couple of homes we have in, in Europe as well. I'm in Europe at the moment. Um, I have two young children, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So um, I'm heavily sleep deprived most <laughs> of the time. Um, and, uh, uh, and basically, I mean, yeah, my, my core business is buying and selling uh, companies. So we focus in the SME market, or you guys call it the SMB market, small, medium business. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very much an unloved part of you know the, the larger sector of the economy, really. Nice. So I was hoping at some point that I wouldn't be quite as sleep deprived. I've got a four and a one-year-old, but it sounds like that, uh, that's at no, least going to carry on for a little while longer. I, I've been reliably <laughs> informed it's just the first 18 years, and then oh. after that, it's all easy. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Very well. <laughs> Very well. So, so you're you're obviously all over the world. Where, how 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 are you doing business in the United States? Uh, yeah. So uh, um, I have a um, a community called the Harbor Club, which is basically a uh, uh, a community of, of M and A people, deal makers. So um, we launched. Uh, we, we've had loads of U.S. members. We launched in two thousand nine. We've we've had U.S. members. Uh, since since the very early days i think the first one was probably in about 2012 or something like that um, but we actually did some live events in the us starting last year um and uh, that's grown our membership there quite considerably um and uh, i personally have done maybe half a dozen deals in in the us by buy and sell uh deals and uh yeah i think um you know the the, the us has a, a very similar problem every mature economy in the world like the uk or like australia or you know, even Singapore, uh, every mature economy in the world has a huge percentage of its GDP and a huge percentage of its private sector workforce that's driven by SMBs. So in the US, it's actually half your economy, half of GDP comes from small business. And, uh, and it's over 90% of your private sector workforce. So, you know, if you want to recover from this pandemic and bounce back as an economy, you know, the lifeblood of that is going to be, you know, amongst your small to medium sized businesses. So I, I've always focused on how we can help and support small businesses and how we can help support entrepreneurs. And of course, it's not for charitable purposes. It's, uh, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very overlooked area of the market. Private equity, VC uh, doesn't play in that space at all. Um, you know, there's a, a little bit of kind of the small private investor community, but they tend to be drawn to like the techie startup type stuff, not the kind of engine of the economy, not the businesses that actually, you know, do stuff and fix stuff in every, in every local community. So, uh, yeah, that's really our, our kind of area of focus. Got it. So you have, um, you have a trademark process that, that I want to hear about, but just tell me what it is that, that, that just buying and selling what are you really doing for for 
a, a small business? Yeah, so I mean, look, my, my history was was doing distress deals. So I used to find small businesses that had got themselves, uh, to use an English expression, in a bit of a pickle, um, and I would go in and uh, I'd go in and help them basically. So try and protect the jobs, rescue some value out the other side, um, help the you know previous owner maybe avoid personal bankruptcy, that that kind of stuff. So you know, very very much a kind of opportunist. And then what I noticed while I was kind of running around doing those deals is how many great businesses I came across who didn't have that many options open to them so these these were you know well-established debt-free companies that had often been going for you know more than a decade that were generating over a million a year of, of annual profits a very profitable business is free cash flow I guess you'd call it um, and uh, uh, and surprisingly you know if these businesses were in you know normal industries like maybe construction services or engineering or you know um, marketing or something like that um, uh, they didn't have many options open to them. So private equity wasn't interested because they were too small. Venture capital weren't interested in them because they weren't on some, you know, nosebleed growth uh, trajectory. Um, and banks won't lend them money because, you know, unless you bet your house, basically. So you can't really get finance from that either. So, you know, I, I always looked at this and thought, wow, these these are great companies, and and uh, uh, and they're they're you know they employ a lot of people. They they've created an incredible brand, you know, within their own small. Network. So with their clients and their, you know, customers and their uh, staff, they've created this, you know, great little culture. Um, and yet they were really struggling to grow beyond that point. And, uh, and it struck me, you know, living in Singapore, which is the third largest financial capital in the world, but it's a tiny country. It's seven miles by 27 miles. So you've got the third largest financial center, but, you know, all in a city all in one city. And so, um, you know, the money is very, very obvious. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. There are hundreds of billions of dollars sitting there being deployed into uh, uh, into all sorts of asset classes. But the asset class that doesn't go anywhere near is small business. And small business is such a systemic part of the economy. Um, and it just struck me, well, why is that? Why, you know, why is it going into Bitcoin and derivatives and, you know, all these esoteric asset classes when the actual engine of our economy, the thing that employs everybody and, and fixes your elevator and <laughs> makes stuff mm -hmm. work, why doesn't why doesn't that get any of the any of the money? And really it came down to three key reasons. The first one is they're too risky. They do go bust more than big companies do. The second one is they they suffer from their scale. I call it the scale paradox, which is that you have to be big in order to get big. So in a lot of industries, you can't pitch for the game-changing contract that would that would turn you into a big company because you're not big already. So you're not you're not allowed to kind of uh, play in the in the big boys playground, and that keeps you artificially uh, small. It also keeps investors away because investors are more are looking to deploy larger and larger sums of money, and that's very hard to do in a small business. If you've got a hundred million dollars to deploy, and you want to put it into small business, well, you've probably got to find a hundred companies to stick a million dollars each into well to find a hundred companies you've probably got to look at a thousand right. um and that's you know that's just too much work compared to buying some derivative product from your bank which doesn't help the economy or help anybody um because the money just swishes around in those hot sandy places but um <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah it, it doesn't kind of impact the local economy so scale also affects uh, availability of, of investment so the first problem was risk the second one was scale and the final one is liquidity. So again, when a, when uh, an investor invests in those um, esoteric sort of synthetic products, as I as I've described them, the derivative type products, then they um, uh, then effectively they get liquidity. They can buy it in the morning and they can sell it in the afternoon. When they invest in a small business, it's kind of a 10, 15 year play if they're lucky. 
So, you know, if the, if the entrepreneur decides to sell or dies or something like that, they might get a liquidity event. But otherwise, you know, it, it, they're in for kind of 10 to 15 years. And investors just want the ability to rotate between asset classes, you know, in a much more nimble uh, way. So, um, yeah, the, 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 those are the three key things that keep money away from small business. So we figured if we could solve those problems, we could unlock global capital and get it into small business. That makes sense. And did you? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously we think there's many ways that this could be solved. The way we solved this is we created a structure for small businesses and we call it agglomeration. Um, and agglomeration is a, is a governance structure that allows multiple small businesses to cooperate within a public company. So traditionally the way uh, this is done is through a roll-up, and a roll-up tends to be where people borrow a ton of money, give it to a bunch of business owners, and stick all the businesses together, you know, to create some scale. That scale makes the business more liquid because there's more buyers for big businesses, and it reduces the risk because they're now, you know, bigger and more resilient to uh, uh, external uh, shocks. So the um, uh, but the way we do it is we actually get the business owners to participate in the in the bigger vision because a lot of these businesses, the really good ones anyway don't want to sell out to private equity they are looking for a platform to grow their business and to take it forwards so with an agglomeration everybody effectively becomes a co-owner in the whole project and so just to give you an, a, a taster we we launched a company called uh, mbh corporation plc it's actually a uk plc it's listed on the zetra market in europe um, and uh, that was listed at, at the very end of 2018 so it's just coming up to its second year anniversary at the time that we're uh, recording this and uh, in 2019 it was the third fastest growing small cap company in the whole of Europe and in fact it was the fastest growing small cap company in the whole of Europe to issue a dividend um, and that's gone from well it went from zero to 100 million in revenue in its first 12 months and has, has uh, you know continued to grow uh, since then I think there's 19 companies in the group now in Australia New Zealand Singapore uh, the UK and the US uh, in that uh, in that group of companies. Nice. Okay. So, give me if, if if you could walk me through an example of of uh, just perhaps perhaps a different one of and, and and maybe a company here in the United States. What what the some of the challenges that they're facing, and then how going through this process could really benefit them. Yeah. So look, if you look at the type of company that's in the group at the moment, the average age is 23 years. So these are quite well established businesses. They've been through a few economic cycles. They've kind of they've kind of solved all the problems of startup, um, but they're you know they're, and they're generating profits and they're generating revenue. Now, quite often they want to go on and do something else. So different companies actually join for different reasons. So sometimes it might be that they're looking to transition between perhaps a um, you know a retiring element of the of the share register to a um, active part of the, the share register. So for example, we had a company called Robinson's Caravans where the management team had actually been running the business for 10 years. The founder was in his 80s hmm. um, and, the, uh, and the, you know, the management team had been running it for 10 years and they'd always talked about how they could transition you know, the old owner out and the, and the new management into a more uh, a larger sort of equity participation role. And so by joining this group, it seemed like a really logical way for the old owner to you know, receive some equity and be able to sell it and move on and for the young managers uh, to receive equity and that equity to grow as they grow 
the business so they participate in the longer play. We have another company called Acacia, which is a, a training business that specializes in vocational training, particularly around getting like disabled people back into the workforce and things like that. So um, working with employers and employees to uh, you know, to make that, uh, that transition that transition easier. They obviously attract a lot of kind of government funding and, and those kind of things. They, they had a great opportunity uh, in the, that they saw, which was basically to acquire a bunch of smaller, uh, you know, training businesses and effectively bring those kind of training syllabuses into their platform um, to enable them to grow much quicker. Um, so their original idea was obviously go out and raise some money and then go and buy these uh, competitors. Unfortunately, finding, you know, getting getting hold of that money is quite difficult. If right. you go, like I say, you go to the bank, you have to guarantee everything. If you go to a VC, if they like the business plan, they're more likely to just want to take it off you rather mm-hmm. than give you the money. Um, so not really interested in backing, uh, you know, the entrepreneur. And in this case, the entrepreneur is, is exceptional. She was actually the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019, oh. or EY as I think they're called now. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so you know, she she joined our group basically because it gave her that platform to then go and acquire those competitors because she now has the public company as the credibility to go and approach them and the public company stock and bonds that we use um, as a currency for her to be able to acquire those um, uh, you know those those smaller local competitors. And since joining, she's already done five acquisitions of that nature, um, and I'm sure there'll be you know many more to come from that particular business. So yeah. They join for different reasons, but uh, predominantly, you know, it's a mixture of liquidity, succession, um, you know, platform to grow and uh, and, and do deals uh, within their kind of existing network. Well, very cool. And so how long did it take you to actually put this network together? Well, so the, the, that particular one uh, has taken, well, about two years to list the company. List, listing a company is quite a painful process, yeah. and particularly with a new, a new governance structure that you have to get approved by uh, the regulator, although obviously we know how to do that now and we have an example. So you know, if we ever did it again, I guess it would be much uh, quicker. But actually building the group has taken about two years from start to finish, and, and we get besieged with inquiries from companies that would like to come and uh, join us. So uh, you know, deal flow uh, into MBH group has, uh, you know, uh, not, not been an issue. And, it, and in fact, um, you know, the Harbour Club community that we have has over a thousand members globally. And, uh, you know, they're constantly referring deals to us that, uh, uh, that could potentially come and join as well. So, yeah, we think it's quite an exciting proposition because uh, it basically creates uh, a huge amount of value for entrepreneurs. I mean, if you sell a small to medium sized business, um, obviously you can only sell it once. It's, uh, once it's gone, it's gone. And, uh, and if you look at the valuations that they sell for, you know, they're not, uh, not terribly exciting. Whereas if you look at the valuations of large, uh, you know, diversified public companies, those valuations are much bigger. So there's kind of a huge arbitrage, you know, between those two things. So we think this creates a great way for entrepreneurs to create wealth. We think it's a great way for investors to get access to small business as an asset class. So if you have a diversified portfolio, it's a great way of diversifying into the largest segment of the economy and into an area that you know has a great opportunity to grow in a, in a sustainable way that really impacts local communities and uh, and doesn't carry debt and has well established businesses and you know generates profit kind of a kind of a mini Berkshire Hathaway I guess in, in that respect yeah perfect uh, everything you just described certainly makes it 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 makes all the sense in the world um, so 
if if you don't mind me asking, let's let's assume that uh, that 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 Steve uh, hears this and he says, well, you know, I'm 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 an investor. I'm I'm just a private citizen or an individual. I've got a lot of money. Uh, so could Steve then contact uh, Unity Group and say, hey, I would like to uh, invest money into Unity Group and then have that deployed through Harbor Club? Is that how that might work? Um, yeah, no. So the the, the the various different ways I guess people can participate is either I mean, look, it's a fully reporting public company, so they can just buy shares. The the uh, company is called MBH Corporation uh, PLC. So M8H is the ticker. Um, if they're looking on their you know um, stock trading account, interactive brokers or, or whatever, so they can buy um, uh, buy shares there. There's also uh, fixed income, so there's a bond um, uh, that people can buy as well for their. Uh, you know, standard sort of um, investment portfolio. Um, they can approach Unity Group directly and have a discussion about investing in companies that are being uh, agglomerated. But that tends to be, um, yeah, the big, the bigger end of the market, the kind of seven-figure plus uh, investments. But direct equity is probably the, the quickest, easiest way to participate. Obviously, if people have businesses, they can look at this. If they're just interested in um, small business M&A and how to do um, – you know, acquisitions, including launching these kind of groups, these agglomeration groups. Um, I've got a, a book that comes out in December, so people can. The book's called Go Do Deals, and we managed to get the URL GoDo.Deals, which is a great uh, URL. Nice. So, uh, yeah, people can go there, and um, actually, because the book doesn't come out for a few weeks, we've um, we've included like a 21-day email. Uh, course that they get so every day for 21 days you get an email from us with loads of uh, tips advice and everything around you know sourcing deals closing deals how to how to approach owner managed businesses that uh, uh, are looking to sell or transition um, how to structure deals all of that kind of stuff is in the uh, uh, in that email course I love it well Jeremy Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them yeah, I guess you know what it's. Uh, start looking at small business as uh, uh, as a bit of an opportunity because I think it's so often overlooked in so many ways. So you know, one of my earlier businesses was supplying telecommunications, and I focused on the small to medium sized business market, and it, it served me so well because so many so many people don't even think about it as a marketplace. They either go mass consumer or corporate, and uh, and actually, you know, by far and away, the biggest segment is small business. So doing stuff that serves the small business community or looking at ways that you can participate in small business community, I think is a, is a hugely valuable space to look at. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Give us the, the name of the book and all the websites again. Uh, yeah, so go do dot deals is the is the simplest one to remember, uh, or jeremyharbour dot com, and uh, harbour is spelled the British way, so it's H A R B O U R at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, jeremyharbour dot com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jeremy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of the book Go Do Deals, and that's go do dot deals. And then go to jeremyharbour.com, J-E-R-E-M-Y-H-A-R-B-O-U-R.com. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Jeremy. Awesome. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? 
any or all of these are familiar, Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.